The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements, so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com hello and welcome back to the yahoo fantasy football forecast where it is stat nerd thursday that means i'm matt Harmon. well i mean i guess i'm matt Harmon every day of the week not just stat nerd thursday but it does mean that i'm joined by my good buddy dalton del don we have plenty of good stats to dig into this week but before we get into the fun First, we have some pre-show business to take care of. By now, you've probably heard us talk about how valuable Yahoo Fantasy Plus is for your fantasy football team, which means you've tried it out for yourself with great success, or you just don't like winning, which is weird. I thought your people were in this to win. So what are you doing with yourself? If you do, in fact, like to win and you still haven't tested out Yahoo Fantasy Plus, come on, what are you waiting for? With league-specific tools to help you navigate the treacherous trade waters and give you waiver wire advice... It can literally only help your squad. Try it out for free at yahoofantasyfootball.com slash plus. And we'll also get you access to Andy Barron's weekly fantasy newsletter. That thing is hot fire. You definitely want to make sure you're checking that out. With that over and done with, let's first get into some news. Uh, but before I ask about the news, Dalton, how you doing, man? Doing well. Fantasy baseball season officially over. My 49ers are in a bit of chaos. Bourbon Meyer. I don't know. We got a lot to uh, talk about, Matt. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, Urban Meyer, man. I mean, uh, we talk a lot about, you know, over-unders, line spreads, props. Like, Urban is hitting the under on the chaos prop pretty, pretty hard here, man. What, what? <laughs> is he going to make it? You think he's going to make it to the end of the season? I do not. No, it's not not great. What's going on over there? I can't. Yeah, no, I do not. It's wild. The, 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 it'd be too long to list the amount of things that have happened so far. But this latest one and then his apology, I think he's even brought up Trevor Lawrence's uh, bachelor party in his apology. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. Bourbon Meyer. That's all I got to say. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I, uh, uh, two things. I love there's been a lot of like resurfacing of old Urban Meyer stuff this week. Um, number one, it's, it has been funny to watch. Like I saw Chuck Pagano on Pat McAfee's show. Like I have been in the NFL for like all a huge ton of years. I've never heard of a head coach, like to staying serve. behind, yeah. yeah, not, not to, not to go back with it. He's like, I've never heard of that ever in my entire life. The second thing was there was a segment, I think from ESPN in 2019 when on first take, when, um, the host of the show she brought up that uh, urban meyer was not just going to become like athletic director at ohio state but he was going to teach a class on character and the entire set of guys burst into laughter which i thought was very appropriate uh given what yeah just a disaster way. man i know just cra- yeah uh, what well, maybe maybe usc's next coach maybe i don't know but uh yeah it hasn't i mean it feels like a, it feels like a thousand years ago when we were already making jokes about that when he gave that like shuffling like looking not making eye contact like no i'm not i'm committed to this team or whatever and now we're here i mean geez what a mess i mean i would think this whole thing was funny if i wasn't worried that it was going to screw up trevor lawrence but it doesn't sound like he's going to be there very long so i guess we don't have to worry about that um we'll see what happens uh over the next few months with this guy all right couple of defensive uh moves to discuss here just right off the top obviously they're not 
super hardcore fantasy relevant, but I do think they're going to move the needle here, at least for one team, for sure. The Panthers trade for cornerback Stefan Gilmore and the Cowboys release Jalen Smith. I mean, not too much to say on the Jalen Smith thing, even though it's kind of a, a not, I guess it's an unfortunate fall for a guy who has a great story coming into the NFL and had some good years with Dallas and, you know, had potentially been like a team leader. The Gilmore thing is interesting just because, you know, the Patriots kind of floated that they were going to release the guy. They end up only getting, quote, only getting a sixth round pick from the Panthers, which was one of the spots that people had already sort of started to connect the dots to. But I love the move from Carolina's side because it just shows that they're an aggressive front office that will leave no stone unturned to get better. They already made an in-season cornerback trade uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars for C.J. Henderson, but they're just continuing to bolster that spot with uh, J.C. Horn, their star rookie, uh, out for a long stretch. Yeah, a little while that they got more for Sony Michelle, but CJ Anderson, uh, yeah. JC Horn come once Horn comes back and now Gilmore, yeah, who apparently, by the way, was not hurt at all. I don't think it was just 100% a contract deal and his quad is fine. So, yeah, good for Carolina going all in if you can afford this. And that defense looks absolutely loaded. Yeah, and Dante Jackson's a good, pretty good player too. I mean, he's been up and down at different points in his career, but Matt Rule made this, made sure to say that like he's one of our best players, and this doesn't say anything about him. I mean, you know, obviously coaches are going to say that, but uh, it does. You know, it's it'll be it will be interesting to see how they use Stefan Gilmore, who's like a hardcore man corner. They've played a hmm. pretty decent amount of zone so far through Phil Snow's first two years there, but I mean, J.C. Horn was a, a pretty big press man corner, and he was integrating well into that defense too. So we will see how that uh, that whole thing plays out. More fantasy relevant news: Matt Nagy finally leaves the land of make believe. That uh, okay, Dalton? Do you think he truly came to the recognition? that, okay, I'm just going to start Justin Fields the rest of the way after saying on Monday that Andy Dalton was still the starter when healthy. Obviously, we're recording this on Wednesday. I think it was around 10 a.m. Uh, West Coast time that he named Matt uh, Matt Nagy, named uh, Justin Fields the starter the rest of the way. Do you think he came to that conclusion sometime in the next two days, or do you think somebody from on high was like, hey, Matt, you're barely hanging on as it is. Freaking start Justin Fields. Enough of this. I don't know what happened. I got the notification on my phone saying Andy Dalton is healthy. And I'm like, uh, horrible, because I just assumed that meant I lost Fields from a many, a couple Superflex teams. But no, then there was a uh, sanity prevailed. And maybe it was uh, higher ups. But for whatever the reason, Fields on the field uh, makes obviously makes total sense from a Bears standpoint. And obviously, fantasy wise, I mean, he hasn't even started running up his, his capability. But to see those passes downfield, the Mooney. Giddy up, man. It's time. Hopefully Trey Lance, too. I mean, Lance and Fields, let's go. Yes. Um, we'll talk. I'm going to incorporate Lance into this discussion in just a second. But on Justin Fields, you mentioned it. He hasn't even really shown that rushing upside yet from like a rest of Bill Lazor. Sorry, I buried the lead, too. Bill Lazor's play calling yes. a million times better. The, the, the amount of the, the, the point differential when he's called plays versus yeah. Nagy is just night and day over the past. But sorry to interrupt you, but that, that should be the headline there. Lazor, too, is play calling a big difference, too. Another encouraging thing for Fields moving forward is Nagy now completely Agreed. out of the way. They got him out of the way to get him on the field and now even with the play calling. So... All, you know, wheels up. Some of these guys just can't handle both. Like they can't handle the game management and the play calling thing, you Shanahan. know? And I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe. Uh, so yeah, I mean, some of these guys are best served as offensive coordinators or just head coaches. Uh, some of them are, but Matt Nagy might be best served as neither, but I mean, <laughs> the doing both at once is, uh, is, is a challenge. I think I just wish Nagy wasn't so defensive. I mean, I guess I don't really care how Matt Nagy reacts to things. Like, why does it bother me? But it, the fact that on Sunday, he was so like defensive over, I'm not answering questions about play calling ever again. Where it's like, Oh, they, you have your best like offensive game when you give up the play. I mean, it just is what it is. It's ridiculous. But so rest of season perspective, where would you rank like Justin Fields? Is he a clear cut QB one or more high end QB two in Superflex? Oh man, no more more high end QB two in Superflex because their quarterback position is so loaded, and you know yeah. there's still a Bears Bears team that's never had a four thousand yard passer. It's not like the greatest environment, you know, out, outdoors. No, there, he does not. have some good receivers, and he can run though. So I would not be shocked if he's a top twelve fantasy QB moving forward. But I think the safer projection is more like in the fifteen to eighteen range. But maybe I'm off. I mean, maybe I should be more bullish. What do you think? I mean, he can't. He's no. fast. <laughs> Yes, yes. And he he showed he's more of a, they haven't really incorporated any of the read option stuff with him yet. I would just say, though, I think he's more valuable as like a straight up scrambler. I think the couple times that they have tried to incorporate the read option stuff with him, he's still 
Like he's still a, a step slow in deciding like I'm going to be the one to pull this ball to the point that like, okay, the defensive end shows he's crashing on the running back, but he's still, because it does, it's not quite there. He still has enough time to catch up to Justin Fields. Who's who's fast, but he's not like Lamar Jackson fast, you know? So I think more of his value will come. And this is why I think it's good news overall, even if from a volume perspective, we're not going to get there with the bears offense. Like I'm sure they would throw more passes with Andy Dalton under center, but I'm also sure that they will sustain more drives with Justin Fields under center. Cause he can scramble for that. Like, you know, third and six or, you know, get him closer to third and manageable when they're second and long stuff like that with his legs, just pick up more first downs in general. Like, I think that's a huge thing that we, we don't, it's hard to project that, as a optimistic thing because we're just so hyper-focused on volume and, and targets and, and rush attempts for players. But I do think that that stuff matters a lot. And I think mobile quarterbacks, I think the same could probably be said for Trey Lance in San Francisco, if, and when he's fully, the, fully the starter there, which we don't know at this time, but staying in Chicago, just real quick, obviously we know David Montgomery is going to be out for a while. Damian Williams is a hot waiver wire pickup on the receivers. Where, what about Allen Robinson, man? I mean, obviously I love Allen Robinson. He's there's almost no way that he's going to get to like his usual volume totals, which are like 150 targets, you know, 90 plus catches, set it and forget it. That's probably not happening this year, but I still think that Fields is the guy you want under center over Andy Dalton. Sure, Dalton could throw him 150 little dink and dunk passes, but I still think Fields is going to unlock the ceiling of this offense. It's not a high ceiling, but the higher ceiling than Andy Dalton will. Agree with you. It feels it's still better. It's been too small of a sample to worry about uh, the Mooney love, which he's definitely dominated the yeah. targets with field so far, but it's super small sample. And, uh, you know, all those clear routes maybe help a Rob. Don't forget this team also just lost its feature back too. Damien um, will be a fine, you know, replacement, uh, but Damien Williams, but, um, you know, Montgomery was kind of treated as like a workhorse there in Chicago. So he was, I think, yeah. I think a- a- Alan Robinson is, I'm looking at his ECR and fantasy pros is, Expert consensus rank is a wide receiver 35. I mean, that's that's crazy for a guy that was going, what, 10th or 11th, um, you know, a month ago. But it's been disappointing. But I'm with you as far as Fields is still the better guy you'd want moving forward, the more upside with downfield throws. But it has been highly discouraging so far for, for Allen Robinson. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm def. I mean, you definitely have to adjust expectations then from where he was going in drafts. It's similar to a lot of guys that were going that high. I mean, we're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins later. You know, I think you have to adjust expectations for where you drafted Hopkins to where he's going to be the rest of the year. But I still think Robinson will, the better days are ahead for him. You also have to remember like fields and Robinson have probably, you know, thrown and caught so few passes together at this point. Um, just there's cause they were so pressed on Andy Dalton being the guy that fields was never even really given a chance to, at least for Trey Lance. Like he's worked with the first team guys. Cause they, they get, they gave him a little bit of prep in the off season with the first team. They let him take some first team reps in training camp, just on the off chance he ever became a starter, which that off chance might be now. So um, yeah, I, I think that long-term you still Mooney too. I think Mooney gets a bump like from, from Justin Fields being in there. I think Allen Robinson gets a bump from being in there. I never bought that they were going to go back to Andy Dalton, but if like you definitely have to bump up a guy like Robinson, if you were expecting uh, Dalton to be back there, because this is a, just a better situation on your 49ers real quick. Trey Lance, you are you, it's not set it set, set in stone yet that he's going to start this week, but Garoppolo didn't practice on Wednesday. Kyle Shanahan is not ready to rule him out. Where, what, what do you, where are you at with this whole quarterback thing in San Francisco? I can't not talk about the Niners on a podcast yeah. with you, Dalton. I ju- I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to the people out there, but I just can't. I know I've got – I'm sick of talking about the Niners because I hate them now. But <laughs> I, I do think it's worth talking about because Lance I – w- I have him ranked as my number 10 QB this week if he's the starter. Just look at the rushing upside, and he's, he actually leads the most fantasy points per drop back this year. It helps that he's yeah. come in in goal, in goal line situations, of course, and he obviously looked very raw last week. But, I mean, they were unprepared for him. You, yes, he got some work – in training camp, but not not lately, not starter reps, you know, the past past few weeks, you know, once regular season started. Um, with the weapons, there's just so much better environment than Chicago. I'm not saying Trey Lance is definitely better than Fields. In fact, before the season, I might have said the opposite. So, But I think the situation's so much better with the playmakers and the Shanahan play calling, um, just the environments too, you know, not the, uh, the weather and whatnot. So this week against Arizona, D has played really, really good against the pass, admittedly. But Lance, in a, in a high-paced game, high-scoring, I think immediately he's a QB1 if he gets the call. But I have no 
no, I have no feel on what Shanahan's going to do tomorrow. It may be new. They're waiting one more day to see Garoppolo's calf injury. I don't know if it's gamesmanship to make the Cardinals prepare for two totally different type of quarterbacks. And, and, and Lance is getting the starter reps. But you know, as bad as Lance looked at some of those throws last week, the 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 the, the, the running lanes just parted immediately for Sermon yeah. right away. It's, I mean, the whole field over the actual throws outside the numbers, the running lanes. Yes. It's just so much different out there when Lance enters the game, even a, a, a raw Lance. So I'm excited to see what he can do, especially with the 49ers defense not looking nearly as good as as expected. Let's get Lance and see what he can do and um and, and move forward. And 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 I love Jimmy G, and it is frustrating for him, but you know, let's 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 see what the kid can do. Yeah, I mean, let's let him get out there and make mistakes and like figure it out on the fly. Like, yeah, no doubt he looked like a guy that was dropped behind enemy lines and asked to shoot his way out of a problem back there. But I mean that's how he's going to learn how the NFL works. I mean, he's like, <laughs> hasn't played since he hasn't played football since he was like 19 years old, you know, and, and barely threw passes back then. So I'm not surprised he looks raw as a passer, but how is he ever going to get better? Just watching Jimmy throw freaking slants in the middle of the field. Like you're right. Even though he looked frenetic, even though he looked jittery out there, he still is going to open things up more from an offensive perspective. I've said from week one, I've said it till week four, they're not going to win with Jimmy's style of offense. We said this on the pod a couple weeks ago, or at least I said that. And like, that's how I felt about it. It just is not sustainable over the long term. Like it's going to be absolutely different. It's going to be different with, with Trey Lance out there, but you're the way he's going to open up the run game, the way he's actually going to be able to throw outside the numbers. It's just going to be very, very different. So he um, also lost I, Trent. He also lost Trent Williams and his center, Alex Mack mid game last week. So, I mean, he lost the star yes. left tackle and center coming in too, without any plays at all designed for him. And now this, this week will be to- presumably different with, you know, even some designed runs even for him too. And he put up yeah. 20 fantasy points in one half. Too, I know. Right. So, I mean, that's I the mean, thing. That's the thing. He put up 20 fantasy points in one half when he wasn't even expected to be out there. I wouldn't be surprised too. like watching the Cardinals over the last like, you know, three weeks or whatever that he was basically like, I mean, the Cardinals basically they're an aggressive defense that really struggles with their run fit. Sometime I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Lance rushes for like 80 yards. And if he starts this game because of the way the Cardinals play defense. Um, So that is that uh, I think I gave him 75 him. in my in my fearless forecast. Sorry, I think I gave him 75 rush yards. So we're right. We're right there. But man, Shanahan, right? do the right thing. Do the right thing. Shanahan, come on. Yeah, for once, Kyle, do the right damn thing. But I don't. I'm taking a taking a moment away from talking about Kyle Shanahan because uh, I'm not. I'm not in a good mood with Kyle Shanahan. But update on our um, update on something we just were talking about. Uh, it seems like the Packers are in fact the likely landing spot for Jalen Smith. They are finalizing details. We just talked about Jalen Smith, so we'll see how he fits in that defense that struggles to do a lot of things. So, <laughs> we'll who see. may have um, lost Jair Alexander too. He might be missing a few weeks, too. So that would obviously be a massive blow. If you haven't seen it, there's a picture going around Twitter with Jalen Smith diving, and he's about 15 yards away from uh, the the ball he's attempting to stop. Check that out. How dare you, man? I mean, that's so tough. But, yeah, you're right. I I think I I haven't seen it, but I'm going to go check that out. Um, Three little injury roundup notes here uh, before we jump into the stats. Peyton Barber going to miss a few weeks with a turf toe. That's a bummer. Uh, Josh Jacobs did not look that good in his return to action against the Chargers, uh, which is unfortunate unfortunate because Peyton Barber looked pretty good when he got action there. But hopefully Jacobs can get healthy because I think there is some, I don't know, I was pretty interested in Jake. God, the guy's just, Jacobs just always, always hurt, never looking 100%. It's a tough scene there. Will Fuller is going to be out for a while with the broken finger. He's being placed on IR. Will Fuller wasn't doing anything anyway, so I don't know that it changes your projection for the Dolphins offense. Tony Jones out three to four weeks with an ankle. Maybe this makes them a Marlon Mack trade destination because they don't really have a number two banger there. Uh, Any of those, and also, uh, well, I'll save that one, but any of those three kind of uh, pique your interest at all? It actually is a bummer that Barber got hurt because I think they were going to rest Jacobs and just make Barber the feature back on a team that's throwing the ball like crazy, you know, moving the ball like crazy because Kenyon Drake was a bad signing. The only other comment I have here is I actually sneakily kind of like talk me out of this, but don't hate uh, Miami uh, uh, receivers Parker and Waddle this week. I know it's Brissett throwing to him, but Tampa Bay by far the number one pass run pass funnel defense. You cannot run the ball at all against them and um, no Will Fuller and both the Tampa Bay's top corners are are out for this game. So sneakily kind of like Parker and Waddle. Yeah, no, I think so too. And I mean, 
Waddle has been getting the targets, but there have just been such short ADOT targets. He's going to rip a big play at some point. I think that's kind of a sneaky call uh, because Parker's been getting air yard volume. But, I mean, overall, like I think Waddle's a better player. He, Waddle's a guy I'm pretty bullish on the rest of the season. Uh, I think he's got a reasonably safe floor. And he's going to rip up. Like I said, he's going to rip a big play at some point. He's just got too much juice. Um, the fact that he's been getting the volume. This could be the matchup. That's a pretty sneaky call by you, Dalton. I like that one. Last thing here, A.J. Brown is back at practice. It feels like there was a full-on, like, freak out about AJ Brown, you know, two weeks ago, and then he gets hurt and we kind of forget about him for a little bit. Where are you at with AJ Brown, man? I'm still really, I still really think he can have a monster season once he gets back in there. It's just health. Yeah. I mean, you're firing him up every week he's out there and especially with the hobbled Julio Jones doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. So um, yeah, you're starting Brown when healthy, sad, the Nick Westbrook, uh, Keeney hype did not live up to it. And I will say this is a buzzkill. This is a buzzkill for uh, Josh Reynolds, whom I eyed as a real minimum DFS play this week because he quietly was top 10 in air yards last week. But um, they did throw the ball a ton. I think they had 100 snaps, though. But um, not if A.J. Brown yeah. returns. Not if A.J. Brown returns. But um, hopefully he can stay healthy, man. It's just it's just health with him. He's going to be banged up, it looks like, perpetually his whole career. Um, but he's just going to be a physical player Stinks. who produces whenever he's out there, even at 80%. So I think this is just going to be what it is with him moving forward. Yeah, I still think he's a wide receiver one, though, right? I mean, I still think yeah, he is a yeah, top player at the position. Yep. He's that good. All right, good. Yeah. Then we're on the same page there. I mean, he's just like the drops in week two is the last thing that people have in their mind. I don't really care about that. I think he could easily go out there and ball this week. Um, <laughs> our producer, John, just sent me the uh, the picture you're talking about with Jalen Smith. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's pretty good that's a tough that's that is a tough scene that is a tough scene for our guy jalen smith new packers linebacker jalen smith um all right let's move into the stats uh that we've got this week um i want to talk about the ravens offense a little bit dalton because i don't think this point is being driven home enough Right now, the Ravens are the 10th best offense in DVOA. We always expect them to be an efficient offense, but they're not quite doing it in the way that they usually do it, the way we usually expect of the Ravens. Right now, Lamar is throwing deep. He's throwing 20-plus yards on 19% of his throws. That's the highest rate among starters. In his breakout season, he was outside the top 20 quarterbacks in this metric. Um, The Ravens also aren't, like, super – they aren't, like – overly run heavy like they used to be you know as we're used to expecting them they're actually fifth right now in run play percentage in neutral situations fourth overall this is pretty different than uh that we are like again I, I know like oh they're still fifth in neutral situation run pace but like some of that is lamar jackson and and just in general like it seems like everything is on lamar's shoulders and they're kind of like okay with that because my theory is that because lamar is so explosive as a rusher right now. And because he's been so effective as a vertical passer when Hollywood Brown catches the ball, that they're okay with like not having their most twitched up back in Tyson Williams. They're okay with not having him back there. And they're just like, all right, let's throw these dusty veterans who won't like fumble and blow pass protection. Cause like Lamar's got this thing. Does that make any sense to you? I think he has a strong argument as a fantasy QB one moving forward. He's balling. Got 8.5 YPA in Denver last week. His yardage total would be much higher if not for the drops. Even last year, I saw a compilation before the season of he quietly suffered from a ton of drops last year too. But he runs more than any other QB. They're now getting back Bateman. Uh, Brown looks good. Watkins has been a nice addition. They don't trust their running backs at all. Latavius Murray has emerged as a as a flex option for fantasy, but he doesn't catch the ball. He's gonna you know at the goal line. Lamar is the guy. So Lamar Jackson, man, he looks great in real life. Best season yet. Even I mean, he looks fantastic. Is getting more and more proficient. And as you said, that's included downfield throws. So. He looks awesome, and from a fantasy perspective, it looks uh, it's going to be he's going to be fun to have on your team moving forward. Yeah, I mean he's still on pace to run for a thousand yards, and despite the fact that they're throwing at a higher rate, despite right. the fact that he you know that he's throwing downfield more, he's still on pace to be a thousand yard rusher. I mean he really is like a fantasy cheat code, and I think that Bateman and Brown are both kind of, I mean. Brown has proven himself, I think, at this point to be sort of like a, um, you know, a top, a fringe, like top 
40 receiver in fantasy the rest of the way. I know he's way higher than that right now, but I mean, I think Bateman coming back is a big deal. I think Bateman's a guy that really completes this passing offense. I've said this basically since he was drafted, but even still the first few weeks, like you don't want Sammy Watkins to be your number two receiver. I agree with you. It was a great addition. And like the fact that they've gone from, freaking Des Bryant, Marquise Brown, and like Devin Duvernay or Willie Sneed to like potentially Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown, and um, Sammy Watkins. That's a big deal. I still think Bateman's a guy that when he comes in here, I, I would not be surprised if he is immediately like given playing time because he's a pro level route runner, because he can be the guy in that intermediate area that neither because Hollywood Brown is making it all on like efficient vertical plays right now in fantasy. And, you know, Watkins is just more of like a, a stretch the field crossing guy. Uh, so I think Bateman still is like, like if he's out there in, in leagues or he, you know, is on an IR, IR spot, I would get very excited about him. Uh, yeah, he should be stashed for sure. Uh, 8.7 YPA means he's been unlucky with just four touchdown passes. Lamar, all three of the four games have come on the road. The, the TDs will come in bunches. Yeah, Bateman back. And yeah, no, I mean, I'm, yeah, Jackson looks, looks fantastic. Someone whose fantasy box score does not look so fantastic is DeAndre Hopkins. And I kind of think there is reason to be nervous about this one. So in 2019, DeAndre Hopkins' target share was 26% and his air yard share was 32%. In 2020, it's at 19% and 27% for target and air yard share. That's a pretty decent drop year over year and it makes sense right because now they've got AJ Green like say what you want about AJ Green but he's played really well for the Cardinals and I don't think he looks like he looked pretty bad in Cincinnati last year he does not look bad this year I think he looks good like and he's been given opportunities and producing with those opportunities and like Rondale Moore has had his moments and Christian Kirk is having a really good season as a slot receiver they have and they're getting like Max Williams involved and Chase Edmonds out of the backfield and the th- the reason that I worry that this is going to stay the way it is I mean Hopkins might get up to like 21 or 22 percent but 26% plus feels out of the range of outcomes because the reason I think this is, is it might continue is because Kyler Murray is responding. He's playing well. He's like the most accurate quarterback in the league through the first uh, five weeks in terms from like a catchable pass persp- perspective. He's right up there near the top of the league. He's at the top of the league of completion percentage over expectation. So Murray's playing well and the Cardinals are winning. Uh, so there's no real incentive to to change up the target distribution here. Um, does this have you concerned about Hopkins rest of season uh, outlook? Definitely concerned. I just, I mean, I think he's more top 20 fantasy wideout moving forward than top five or six. Like he was drafted. It's possible this slow couple weeks. Top just 20, regret- top 20 Dalton. That's a huge drop. Yeah. I, yeah, no, it is a concern then. Yes. I do think that is that drop It's possible that it's the, the quiet two games have come just because of his, uh, his injured ribs. But you mentioned all the, it's, it's more of the target issue. He entered last week fourth on targets on his own team on the season. Even after getting seven last week, he's barely top 50 in my Whopper stat. So you said it, there's all these other options there. And it's really discouraging when you're like, Oh, and Kyler Murray's playing like the MVP throwing for 320 yards a game. And he's still doing this, uh, you know, uh, underperforming. So uh, it is a long-term concern for me with all the other uh, weapons there. And Hopkins has a rib injury. He's 30 years old. I mean, this he's absolutely past his prime for a wide receiver. So, um, yeah, I think he's more like top 20-ish than top five moving forward. Yeah, I mean, top five, like that feels like forget it. I could still see him finishing because the touchdowns will come. You know, the touch. I think the touchdowns will come. The, the big like target totals, I feel like, again, those are probably – gone i don't think that's going to come back but even then he had 160 targets last year and he had six touchdowns in this offense so i don't know man if they even use him in the red zone that much like they do the others so um it'll be better for sure they have they have bowling ball james connor we're gonna talk about james connor in a minute they got james connor scoring touchdowns like we know that kyler murray is like the most lethal player in the in the red zone so you might be right you might be right he might be still like a five six touchdown guy which would be hugely concerning and, and yeah, you said AJ Green's playing far better than I expected, even Max Williams getting involved. So, um, I mean, he'll be fine. You're going to start him every week. But um, I do think there's legitimate concerns when you look at his uh, his volume. Yeah, I think he was, you know, coming into the year, my tier three of receivers was like receiver 13 to 23 ish. I could see him being somewhere in between there. 
Whereas I definitely used to have him as like, yeah, like wide receiver four or five, six. I feel good that I bumped him down a little in my last round of rankings before the year, but that was still like down to wide receiver seven, you know, and even that looks like that's, that's going to be tough to get to. So I'm sure, believe me, I've got plenty wrong this year. Believe me, I have. But uh, the one I got, I just specifically remember getting a lot of a hard time in my column. Um, NFC preview, I said that Terry McLaurin finishes with more fantasy value than than uh, Hopkins. I think I ranked him ahead of him. So your boy, Scary Terry, how good has he looked, man? I mean, he, I, you got to be really, really excited, man. Super star. I love that we've got like Dan Orlovsky out there tweeting about like people need to know about Terry McLaurin. Like, hey. If you follow me, you know about Terry McLaurin, man. I mean, this guy, he is legitimately one of the 10 best receivers in football right now. Like, you can't convince me otherwise. I know, and I know a receiver is crowded. And I actually, if I sat down and tried to rank the top 10 real-life receivers, I'd probably actually retract what I just said. Because there's, there's so many good there's so many good players in the position. But, I mean, he is that, he is that, that good. Absurd deep route connection with Taylor Heineke last week. I know some of that was like a prayer ball from Taylor Heineke and all that stuff. But, I mean... Guy just makes it happen, man. He does. He's very good to elite at everything at the position: route running, contested catchability, ex- like explosiveness, smarts. I mean, he's he's got it all, man. He is he is a superstar. He is a superstar receiver who I think will find his way into the top ten players to, at the position uh, rest of season. No, you love to see the way he's being used finally correctly. So yeah, and then you're discouraged here with, with Hopkins, but better days will be ahead to be clear. And and the, and the rib injury will you know he'll get the further removed he is from that. But um, it's just definitely something to note that the way the the, the Cardinals have, have, have mixed that route tree up this year for sure. After this conversation, as we're talking, I'm going to go ahead and make sure I have that uh, Terry McLaurin over DeAndre Hopkins in my rest of season rankings, just so everybody, just so I know, just so I know. All right, cool. Let's move on to some running backs here. Um, For the next two stats, I just put like big lists together and I want to, there's a couple guys I just want to get your thoughts on um, and we could just, we could just jump around it before we do the Thursday night football preview. Running backs averaging at least these are the running backs that are averaging at least one goal line look per game. I'm going to go from most to least here. Jonathan Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, James Conner, Zach Moss, Daryl Henderson, Mark Ingram, DeAndre Swift, Derrick Henry, Malcolm Brown, Malcolm Brown, um, Nick Chubb. And obviously goal line look is is rush attempts and targets that inside the five yard line. That's why a guy like DeAndre Swift pops up here. I don't know that we need to talk about Zeke, Aaron Jones, uh, even Jonathan Taylor, like Jonathan Taylor is going to have to make it happen on touchdowns, right? Like that's how he's going to have to make his fantasy value. Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, like I don't know that we need to talk about those guys, but anyone else on this list stand out to you as surprising or interesting to talk about? Uh, just Connor taking over that Kenyon Drake quietly got a ton of carries inside the five last year and Arizona just keeps producing there, but I don't know what you can do with it. If Connor got injured, Edmonds seriously have top five fantasy upside. Um, Daryl Henderson's getting treated. Hey, like but a don't, true but don't you think, don't you think too, don't you think too Dalton that the inverse could be true that if Chase Edmonds, who's a smaller Down. guy, if Chase Edmonds was to ever get hurt, I think James Connor would be like a top 20 back. Because that is that's fair. He used to catch the ball too. I have zero used, faith yep. in him staying healthy, but absolutely, yeah, yeah. That that is true. That is totally true. If Edmonds went down, Connor would be a RB two at minimum. Yeah, no, you're right. he could catch the ball too. I like how Daryl Henderson. He, he, he's like a, a, he's a guy who might get like what James Connor might get like ten touchdowns, but like five hundred yards or something totally. like that this I, year. He's somebody I would I would want to have on my roster. I don't have nearly enough of him on my rosters, but just because there's you know like what the heck flex touchdown value, but also like does have. Um, he's like what I wanted AJ Dillon to be this year. He's like what I wanted AJ Dillon to be this year where like he has some carry upside, some touchdown upside in a great offense. And he has like some standalone value with monster upside. So I would, I don't know. James Conner, it was the most appealing name on this list, but go, go ahead with Daryl Henderson. Uh, well, first of all, speaking of which Aaron Jones is number three on this list. Where is AJ Dillon? The beast Derek Henry around there. Yeah. Jones is still getting the opportunities there. So that's, um right right yeah just henderson's great to see he's just treated as a even with damaged ribs just a true feature back out there and and sony michelle's nothing more than just you know a stash if an injury occurs and we'll talk more about that in the dfs game but man henderson is like quietly a fantasy monster you know lingering there if he can stay healthy yeah we can save the henderson part for for the thursday night preview because he's i mean he is like one of the most interesting players right now zach moss is also interesting to me do you think they've kind of clearly settled on like it was weird zach moss is a week one healthy scratch everybody took their devin singletary victory laps and like 
the tide has completely started to shift once again to Zach Moss being the guy. And like they're using him around the goal line. That was kind of the biggest fear with all these Buffalo backs is that, you know, Josh Allen's just going to eat all the goal line touchdowns. And obviously Josh Allen's going to get his around that area too. But like Zach Moss has quietly emerged as it's a little tough because the Bills have been their point differential and like defensive DVOA are, if you look at those two stats, they're just like absurdly higher than everybody else. I mean, they've had the benefit of not just smoking two bad teams the last two weeks, but literally blowing them out. I mean, they've pitched a shutout in two straight weeks, man. It's insane. So some of that could be the reason Zach Moss looks so good right now. But do you think there's any sustainability to him as like a high upside RB3? I do think there is with that uh, because he's getting the high value touches over Singletary. And two weeks ago, both of his touchdown runs were like uh, were eye openers. I mean, they were impressive. It was physical down there. And I think he's clearly the goal line guy. Of course, yes, the Allen problem remains. But more yeah, with with Singletary still there, there's not a ton of upside for more. But I think Moss is definitely a, a flex option given the, the rest of his situation and the fact he's getting the high value touches. But yeah, that their DVOA defense number one. Interesting that Sunday night game, uh, Kansas City's DVOA defense last oh, in the league. Yeah. So what what a matchup. <laughs> Yet still, still though, you're going to bet against Mahomes. You know, I mean that game. No. Literally, what's the over under in that one, man? It's got to be. It, I bet you it's that like game's going to get into the sixties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be a fun half. That's good. That is going to be a fun one for sure. Only one else that kind of stands out here is like DeAndre Swift. I don't know, man. I'm still like people really, really like DeAndre Swift. And I get it. I love the fact that he's a pass catcher. But even going into this past week, you know, Dan Campbell's like, let's we're going to rock up DeAndre Swift a bunch of touches. And like he doesn't even get the first few looks of the game. You know, I mean, I don't know. It, it just He just feels like a floor play right now and not a ceiling guy. Yeah, PPR is getting it done just because of the the catches, but that was annoying that Campbell say that and then turn around and make Williams the guy. But um, yeah, I still like Swift, but it's not the, the yeah, it's not the greatest situation for sure. At least he's getting some targets inside the five yard line. Like that's nice to see, and that's how he finds himself on this list. But yeah, I I don't know. I still think he's more of a floor guy than a ceiling guy. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. And there's a few I want to talk about here. Um, these are the wide receivers with forty plus percent of their team's air yards. Again, I'm going from most to least here. Brandon Cooks, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Odell Beckham, Tyree Kill, Devonte Smith. Terry McLaurin, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Michael Pittman, Devontae Parker, and Stefan Diggs. I bolded the guys on the list here that I think are the most int- like potential buy lows. I think Diggs is a buy low too. I mean, he's like, what, wide receiver 24 and half PPR? Like, he's definitely, I mean, he he's going to have his eruption game at some point. And it could easily be against this defense on Sunday night, like, that is last ranked in the league, is just getting wrecked by everybody. Like, if you're trying to trade for Stefan Diggs, you better go ahead and do it this week. Like, you better do that before Sunday night football because I think he's going to have his eruption game then. Um, but either Diggs or any of the others that I, I have bolded or any of the ones that I don't have bolded on this list that you want to hit on here. Uh, Calvin Wrigley, I think I saw that he's the second most expected fantasy points in PPR. So uh, I, I think he's still fine. Maybe not as bullish as I was before the season as a number two or number three, but I'm still ranking yeah. him as a top 10 guy moving forward. Him and Pitts, Same. better days are ahead. Beckham, I mean, all those unrealized air yards. I mean, if Mayfield can hit the guy wide open downfield, things would be different. I'm still, you know, confident, relatively confident in Beckham. But man, the uh, the lack of uh, chemistry there is is ongoing. Um, Pittman, man, you say, Pittman. You say chemistry and I'm, I'm sorry to, to, to jump in here, but I, cause it's like, that's got nothing to do with chemistry. Yeah, it's like I, know, I don't even like using those silly terms, uh, anecdotal <laughs> either. Sorry. But I mean, so what is the issue there? <laughs> what, it, what is the, what is it then? I mean, he just can't Baker build the ball downfield. Baker just good sometimes. Yeah. Like, okay. Baker All just right. isn't good sometimes. I mean, I think like that's his, this whole like chemistry thing is, is a little silly to me. Cause like, you know, Liz and I talked about this on Sunday night and I, you, watching Baker just a little bit in that game on Sunday and then definitely rewatching it. I'm like, it's that's got nothing to do with chemistry. That's just like Baker be better. I mean, he completed like what? 15 of 33 passes in this game. Like he did not, he, he is, I still think he is. I have always compared him to Kirk cousins, which like when they were making a playoff run last year and I was writing that article for the website, Browns fans were pissed about, but like, I think he's Kirk cousins, man. I think he's like, he can be extremely productive, can be extremely efficient in a good offensive environment, but he's still a streaky quarterback. Kirk Cousins is playing really well right now, but everybody in the universe knows Kirk Cousins is a streaky quarterback. So he's going to have, like, Mayfield's going to have those games, and those are going to trickle down to Beckham. Like, the reality of it, whether it's chemistry or 
Baker just not playing well. I think the reality of the situation is, yeah, there's always going to be some risk that Beckham's going to be like wide the F open and uh, Mayfield's not going to get it to him. No, appreciate calling me out on the chemistry. Uh, that was a poor way of, of criticizing them. You're right. I mean, throw the ball and just get it there. Mayfield for sure. McLaurin, I want to bring it back here because I just noticed this. He's tied for second in the league in end zone targets, Terry McLaurin. So absolutely love that. Mike Williams, number one by himself in end zone targets. And another guy on this list, DK Metcalf, only two so far this year. And normally he's uh, among the leader, you know, leading that category. So um, a couple other guys. Just Pittman, we talked about him last week. The touchdowns remain elusive, yeah. but you love the usage, man. Get Pittman in your fantasy lineups. And then I said Devontae Parker. I really sneakily like this. Assuming yeah. his shoulder injury isn't serious, this matchup with Tampa Bay, no one's going to use him in DFS with Jacoby Brissett as his quarterback. But Parker's, you know, an interesting name too here. So, uh, yeah, get Pittman in your lineup, so for sure. Yeah, Pittman uh, going against a Baltimore defense that gives up 14 yards per catch to wide receivers. Um, 17 bucks in Yahoo's uh, single-game DFS uh, contest as well. So, yeah, I mean, Pittman, the volume's been there. It, like, him and Wentz have been just this close on a couple of touchdowns too. I know uh, Hayden Winks, our buddy at underdog fantasy tweeted out a video, which I quote tweeted and was too mean to Carson Wentz. And I didn't realize there were still Carson Wentz defenders on the internet, but I had to like, just get that take off my timeline. Cause it's like, get, get out of here, man. What are we doing here? We, Carson Wentz is not good anymore. So I don't need to hear about that guys like 25th in EPA per drop back. And um, he's getting, he's like pressured on 50% of his dropbacks too. So yeah, tough scene there for Carson Wentz. It's going to be volatile with, with Michael Pittman, but I think, you know, that's part of the deal. Devonte Smith is interesting though. I think Devonte Smith, like the targets have been there. The air yards have been there. He hasn't been that involved in scoring area um, usage yet, but like Jalen hurts. I go back and forth on the Jalen Hurts thing, man. You know, I was just talking to uh, on last week's FFL fantasy community segment with Ray Garvin, and I feel like I was a little too hard on Jalen Hurts about like his progress so far. Like he he obviously demolished a bad defense last week, and his fantasy numbers, Jalen Hurts are like ridiculous. But I think he's starting to you know improve a little bit week by week, and I mean he's going to have bad games like he did against the Cowboys, where he's just all hollow fantasy yardage. But I do think he. I do think Devontae Smith is still like a buy low guy because I think he could be a potential top 30 receiver rest of season. Hurts, number three, fantasy QB. I don't know what you want to make of this stat, but I saw Pro Football Reference has has him have, having the lowest bad throw percentage, whatever that means. Hmm. Um, but he's getting it done in fantasy <laughs> terms, that's for sure. And uh, Devontae Smith was this an inch away from a bigger day last week he caught a 50 yard touchdown that he like just I don't know how he did it but he stepped out of bounds right before it like he wasn't even paying attention to the sideline um and I and he didn't uh reestablish himself in before but he nearly had an, another 50 yard touchdown to go along with his big game last week so uh yeah I like Hurts and, and Smith moving forward um yeah the, the Eagles are the I believe they're number one in pass uh in neutral pass rate I mean, they've just totally given up on Miles Sanders. I would personally rather Kenneth Gainwell than Sanders moving forward. Fantasy, he's getting all the high value touches, and the team's just given up on running the ball. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love, I kind of like what what the what, what the Eagles are doing. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have like they've given up on Miles Sanders. I wish people in fantasy would give up on Miles Sanders. He's like unusable at this point. He doesn't get any red zone usage, and he doesn't get any passing game usage. I mean, I don't know how high you can boost up Kenneth Gainwell, but at least the fact like that he's getting passing game usage. He should be on rosters everywhere if he's not already. I feel like he's probably boosted up enough to this point. Okay, pick between these three guys for the rest of the season. Marvin Jones, who just got a bump between you know because dj Chark is out michael pittman and Devonte smith how would you order those three rest of season smith pittman marvin jones what do you think now marvin jones was tough though i mean marvin i know i know without shark without shark i know i know no i think that's very close I, I i think that's that's right there i have them the same tier i think they have them all within ranked within like five of each other this week um actually i like pittman this week he's just due for a, for a blow up but moving yeah. forward that's a that's a tough i mean because yeah they build better matchup too with carolina is a tougher one for smith but um what, what say you, uh, RP? I think I would go Pittman, Marv, Smith. Marv is tough, Pittman. though. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, you love Smith, too, and you're charting, too, right? I mean, you're in on him. He's, I love not Pittman, too. too. Yeah. I love, like, both yeah, those okay. guys. But, yeah, Smith, I mean, is a baller. Dude, he's so good. And I think, like, by the way, Jalen Rager, nothing. Yeah, not, just, not it. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I mean, I mean, he's done. I mean, he's literally doing nothing right now. Like the, over the last few games, I don't know. It's just not, just nothing there. I so, can see yeah, with I Marvin like, Jones. I mean, they're moving Chenault. This, they kept him in the slot. Even Tavon Austin, they have starting opposite him there. So, and obviously, the team's going to be playing from behind. So, if Marvin Jones can stay healthy, I mean, with no Chark, I mean, that's a big deal. I, I, for sure, he's a boring veteran. You don't want to say you know, these. You're asking me about these two other like young guys with upside. I know but Marvin Jones is absolutely. Yeah, totally. Sure. But yeah, I mean, dude. All the Urban Meyer stuff that's been going on in Jacksonville, I still think the most outrageous thing is that they have Tavon Austin as their, their starting outside number two receiver. Like nothing Urban Meyer can do is is more wild than that. Uh, that is ridiculous. The Chenault thing is tough. I I gave Chenault a bump like with Chark out, oh, yeah. and they they gave him like some downfield looks last week. I didn't even know that was allowed. Uh, but <laughs> if they still pigeonhole him as like just a low A dot slot receiver going forward, I mean, that's tough. I, I, Chenault has some room to grow in his game. There's no doubt about that. Like from a refinement standpoint, but man, I, I really wish they would let this guy loose a little bit down the field, even if it's from the slot, like get him vertical routes from the slot. That is possible, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, let's dump, let's jump into the Thursday night game, man, because this is exciting. We've waited long enough to talk about it. Um, we've got the Los Angeles Rams traveling to Seattle. These NFC West matchups, Dalton, have shown last week proved they're going to be electric, right? Like Seattle and San Francisco was an interesting game. It wasn't quite the competitive back and forth. Uh, the Niners were obviously dealing with the Jimmy G injury, Trey Lance getting in there. But the Cardinals and the and the Rams, even if they were not like back and forth explosive, like these are going to be some electric matchups going forward. This one should be pretty high scoring, 54 and a half point total. The Rams are, I think, minus two and a half last time I looked, minus two and a half point road favorites. So um, how are you feeling about this one overall? Yeah, it should be a fun game. I don't feel strong on which side. Uh, the Rams' defense has taken a major step back. Obviously, Stafford looks fantastic. The Robert Woods situation is frustrating people. So I kind of like Van Jefferson at $13 salary here. But the yeah, buddy. Could, get the re- the, could get the grease here, though, with Woods, you know, with McVay even talking about yeah. it. But yeah, a lot of stars. There's a lot of ways you could go here. So a lot of some some of these Thursday night games were kind of obvious lineups. You could just move back and forth a couple pieces. This you could go many different ways. I love Daryl Henderson at just 23. You, you have to use him in this matchup. And yeah. then Alex Collins at 15 could be interesting with Chris Carson dealing with an injury. And he was just totally um, disappeared the second half of, of last week, too. So uh, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I agree with you that there's a lot of ways you can go with this because there's a pretty good amount of high high price players. I do think Daryl Henderson is the must, right? Yep. I think Daryl Henderson handled 60% of the team rush attempts last week. Um, he played 61 snaps, just seven for Sony Michelle, like you alluded to earlier. Some of that could be that Michelle fumbled early and they were just like, okay, forget yep. it. Throw Daryl back in there. I, can, I mean, it's tough with Daryl Henderson, man, because you feel like from a logical standpoint, you feel like they traded for Sony Michelle because they, which is the irony in this, they were worried about Daryl Henderson's ability to hold up guy gets hurt right away. You think they'd end up splitting the work, but that was just not the case at all. I think he's a great candidate for the superstar spot at 23 bucks against a Seattle team that's just been slashed by by the run the first four weeks of the season. So um, love the Daryl Henderson there. The Robert Woods thing, there's like no explaining. Like, I, I think... I think this is just like a sort of, you know, stuff happens type of thing with Robert Woods. Like, there's no... He's running more routes than Van Jefferson. That was not the case in week one, but it's corrected itself. And I do think the fact that they've got Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby and um, Deshaun Jackson every now and again, those guys, like the fact these ancillary players are involved, that's going to nip at the heels of a guy like Robert Woods. It's not going to nip at the heels of a Cooper cup. Cause he's too good. He's just better. And he's, he's in that great juicy role that I talk about all the time. So I think that's probably the only reason that Robert Woods hasn't popped off yet, but yeah, you're right. Like McVay's out there saying this week, it's on me to get Robert more opportunities. He's a leader, yada, yada. We love Robert. So there is some of that narrative in play there. See, this, you're just trolling me talking about Seattle. Give me a break. They went the longest stretch of any game in the NFL last season without a first down and ended up blowing out. Tr- Trenton Cannon made uh, Kyle Williams look like tough scene, Dante yeah. Hall last week in that game. But yeah, anyway, tough scene there. That's, there are going to be some fun games in NFC West, including Thursday night. Big over-under on this one, approaching 55 points. Um, yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup, very expensive here, rightfully so, remains getting just a target share hog this year. So, yeah, I mean, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, how healthy is he? Um, a lot of different ways you could go here. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that's the biggest question, too. I built some lineups for this one and didn't find myself like I just wanted to play Stafford and Russ together and like not really try to pick between the Seahawks receivers. 
you could pick one of them though. I mean, you'd think theoretically, like they've had Jalen Ramsey playing a lot of slot receipt or slot corner this year. The the Rams have, and like the pass defense overall has fallen off. Ramsey, I don't think has fallen off at all. So like, but they're but like last year they just straight up had Ramsey chase DK around the field. And, you know, he did some great work against DK Metcalf. Does they, do they do that again? I don't know. I think Lockett's in, if Lockett's healthy, he's in a good spot this week to have a pretty big blow-up game. We know he's capable of those. Um, he was on the injury report coming into last week. I think that's a big part of why he wasn't productive. The whole offense wasn't very productive last week. As you mentioned it, like, went so long, and, and they're still kind of playing, like, middle of the road in terms of pace, but... Yeah, I don't know. I think this is a pretty good bounce back spot for Lockett. And um, the DK thing is just like, I, I think DK is fine the rest of the season. I think he can still be a top five fantasy receiver with all the air yards that he's getting. I'm not worried about it, but this matchup does obviously like how much of Jalen Ramsey is he going to see is the big question. Yeah, expect a high scoring game. And Stafford's one of the rare fantasy QBs just locked in who doesn't run, but you're just locked him in. Man. Yeah, you're just throwing, getting it done. He's looks so, so good with the Rams and uh, that, that connection with Cup. So th- this should be a fun one. And uh, you got any predictions? <sighs> I kind of like, I mean, I kind of like Seattle and the points in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll say Rams by a field goal, but that one's that that's a tough one. I think it's going to come down to the final. You know, it'll come down to the end there. It should be close. It should be close, right? Like, I don't know. Seattle's defense just stinks, man. That's the tough part. I don't think their defense is very good. They're like what? I think like 20, they're 21st and uh, four for four schedule adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. Um, they do have a decent amount of pressures though. But yeah, I, I think this game, I could also see it going under the total though, too. That's the, that's the problem is that both these teams like to run the ball. You know, the philosophy of both these head coaches <laughs> could send it under the total as well. I don't know. It's tough. But the loss of Brandon Staley, you know, who's, you know, people talking coach of the year, you know, they're, they're Rams ranked 20th in defensive DVOA yeah. this season. I mean, they were drafted as you know, the number one or two fantasy D in most leagues. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's it's, we'd say it every year and we always try to, I feel like people try to talk themselves out of, it like this year's defense will be different, but defense regresses every year. You know, the top defense is never the top defense two years in a row at this point in the modern NFL. Like we all love, remember how much we loved those Jacksonville defenses with right. Ramsey, by the way, and they crumbled quick, hard and fast. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's just kind of, it's not like the Rams are falling apart, but they lost a lot of guys in the off season. In addition to um, losing Brandon Staley and, you know, it's like, they're running a little bit. They're not doing quite the same thing with Raheem Morris there. It's tough to keep a defensive unit, you know, uh, sustainable for year in, year out, especially when you lose some person. I mean, to staff too, like their, you know, their yeah. coordinator. But, you know, what the best, the, 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 ideally is you identify the teams like the Panthers who spent their entire draft two years ago on defense. And then they add a couple key players in there, you know, and you sneak with them like the Niners did a couple years ago to their defensive line. But you're right, man. It's too tough predicting defense year in, year out. So it's like this fool's, fool's Aaron trying to, to draft the first one. Yeah. All right, man. Well, yeah, it should be a fun game tomorrow. And um, anything else before we get out of here, Dalton? No, man. That's all I got for you. Uh, good talking football, uh, Harmon. And yeah, good stuff. Always, buddy. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for us, but we'll keep the conversation going on Twitter. So make sure you follow me at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Follow at Dalton Del Don for more Bourbon Meyer jokes. Uh, if you want fantasy analysis and new du- news updates from the whole team, give a follow to at Yahoo Fantasy. Podcast plug. You don't have enough podcasts in your life, people. I, I guarantee no one has enough podcasts uh, in their life. Pam Maldonado is now 4-0 with her NFL Survivor picks this season. Uh, that's good. I need to check that out because I'm also 4-0 and I want to be 5-0. So check out Yahoo Sportsbook daily on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to find out who she's targeting for this week. Dalton will be back tomorrow with the preview of Sunday's NFL games with Liz Loza. Until then, we are out. 